Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 516th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time, we broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Phoenix Suns coming back last night behind Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, who scored 36 points each to get, get the Suns even at 2-2 in the series with the Nuggets, who had the best record in the NBA this year and uh, obviously have home court advantage. Uh, riveting game between Book and KD, but also, very importantly, Nikola Jokic, who scored 53 points, uh, all-time record for the franchise. And as I just heard on the Dan Patrick show, radio show, uh, the most points ever scored in a loss in NBA history. So just a riveting game back and forth went down to the end, which is a good thing because a lot of these NBA playoff games, as, as good as all the series have been, there's been a lot of blowouts that leave you kind of... Uh, ready to turn off the TV at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter has become meaningless in too many games. So hopefully that trend doesn't continue. And it certainly did not continue yesterday uh, by any means or in last night's game. So of course the nuggets took the first two games up in Denver and the Suns rebounded by taking the next two in Phoenix. So we're down to a best of three. And it should be just great theater. Of course, next game five, pivotal game five, is going to be back in Denver. And if there's a game seven, uh, that'll be back in Denver too. And game six, obviously, in Phoenix. So it is really heating up. Of course, the Suns are all in this year with getting Kevin Durant and paying our Kings ransom to get it, uh, to get him. And he... Showed up last night in a big way, and it's championship or bust for the Suns, especially when you factor in last year's fabulous regular season, only to get ousted in that infamous Game 7 in Phoenix by the Dallas Mavericks. And speaking of the Suns and Nuggets game, that leads into my bizarre story of the week, is how uh, Jokic... And the new Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, getting into it after the ball fell into Ishbia's hands in his courtside seats in the corner. And Jokic rushed over and wanted to get his hands on the ball to uh, keep the flow going, uh, get it inbounds, whatever. And, uh, and so there was a bit of a kerfuffle there. And... Jokic was assessed a technical. Uh, apparently, there's discussions, if you will, at the league office of will there be a suspension? I can't imagine there would be one. That would be an absolute shame for what is shaping up to be an epic series. Already is. And now we're into the good stuff games. Five and six, perhaps seven. And uh, so I, I do not think Jokic will be suspended. He has no history. I think that's always such a major factor. And he was just uh, 
you know, looking at it, it appeared from, you know, the basketball viewpoint, give me the ball so I can get the, you know, so we can keep on going here at our end. And, uh, so yeah, just, uh, never a dull moment. That's for sure. And there certainly wasn't any dull moments in yesterday's Celtics Sixers game. Uh, they've played more playoff games against each other than any two teams in NBA history. Uh, bitter rivalry, maybe, and it, for my money, perhaps the best rivalry in the history of the NBA. And here they are doing it again. The only one you could argue, argue might be right up there in my mind is, you know, Celtics Lakers, of course, but they play much less typically in the NBA finals in just a couple of games a year in the regular season, which by the way, always turn out to be great games. So, uh, that leads into my low light of the week, which is the Celtics final play in overtime. Uh, they had timeouts. They chose not to call them. Uh, James Harden hit that spectacular corner three to give the Sixers the lead. And there's about 18 seconds or so. And the Celtics, again, no timeout, just kind of walked the ball up, up the court, did not seem to have that sense of urgency that you needed to have in that situation. And, uh, you know, too many passes, just that simple. And that's obviously one of the secrets to their success. Uh, nobody passes the ball around the perimeter or all over their end of the court when they have the ball like the Celtics, and that so often results in a pretty wide-open shot, often a three. But that did not happen yesterday afternoon. Early evening, uh, found its way to Marcus Smart, who simply did not get off the shot in time. It was obvious he did not get it off in time. As we all know, the, uh, the backboard turns red when the buzzer sounds, so to speak, and uh, and it was just completely obvious, so there was no controversy there. Uh, so, like the Suns and the Nuggets, uh, we're down to a best of three. The series is tied 2-2 with the Celts and the Sixers, and it is living up to the rivalry I mentioned right at the beginning of this segment. And uh, two out of three are in the Garden, including Game 5. Coming up tomorrow night, and then uh, six in Philly, seven back in Boston if necessary. And, of course, as I've been saying uh, all season long and certainly here during the playoffs, as the Celtics took out the Atlanta Hawks uh, in the first round, uh, the Seas have been on a quest to wrap up unfinished business from last year where they lost in the finals to the Golden State Warriors. Uh Anything short of an NBA championship for this year's Celtics will be a disappointment at a very high level, especially coming in the wake of the Bruins' stunning defeat after their record-setting season. Um, and oh, by the way, kudos to the Florida Panthers, who are now up 3-0 on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they, they got rolling against the Bruins and took them out, and they continued to roll. But back to the NBA playoffs, a uh, couple other series that's going on. Of course, Jimmy Butler is just, uh, you know, playoff Jimmy is just playing at an extraordinary level. He is bordering on being unstoppable. Uh, don't say that about a lot of people. Uh, Michael Jordan would be one. <laughs> um, but he is just, uh, you know, gone next level here. He's seemingly with his fabulous skills, but more importantly, it feels like he is willing his team to victory. Uh, they're up uh, against the New York Knicks, and uh, so it's uh, fascinating to watch Jimmy Butler uh, do his thing. And uh, let's not forget last year against the Celtics in Game 7, he... Just narrowly missed a game three, or excuse me, a three-pointer. Uh, and, you know, they could have been, uh, you know, further along last year, given the way he was playing. But this year, again, he, he seems like he's taken it to yet another new level. 
And, of course, we have the Lakers and the Warriors. Warriors are down 2-1. Tonight's game four is in L.A. Don't want to go down 3-1. And let's not forget that the Warriors, the defending champions, uh, and the pedigree of all those championships uh, in recent years and last near decade, uh, you know, are were like the worst road team in the NBA this year. It's still stunning to even say those words. So they really need to win in L.A. tonight. And, of course, we've had a lot of, you know, I referenced the blowouts earlier. Uh, Anthony Davis is seemingly good one game, not good the next game. Uh, so he was good last game, so the question will be, will he show up tonight? That could turn the tide in favor of the Lakers to give them a 3-1 lead. Uh, and, again, the Lakers blew out the dubs uh, the other day, the other night. And, uh, again, it was a blowout. And, you know, uh, the Warriors looked as dejected as I've ever seen them. There's a shot that we all saw of Steph Curry, Steph Curry, the amazing Steph Curry, just sitting on the bench, you know, you know looking miserable uh, in the fourth quarter of that blowout. So should be a great game tonight. It's on at uh, late, 10, a.m., 10 p.m. Eastern time, and we're going to get the Knicks and the Heat going in the early game tonight. So it'll be fun. And... Also, hats off to the Tampa Bay Rays and their remarkable comeback from down 6 nothing to beat the Yankees. And Garrett Cole, who was having an amazing season, the ace for the Yankees. Uh, they did this yesterday afternoon before. Uh, check this out. The largest crowd at Tropicana Field in seven years. 32,000. I was at their 13th win in a row uh, at the Trop against the Red Sox uh, a few weeks back. And there was 21,000 on a Thursday afternoon for a 1 o'clock start. So the attendance, which has always been an issue in Tampa, uh, is showing signs of coming to life as they just simply put together a remarkable, remarkable 28-7 record so far, setting all kinds of records along the way, records going back to literally the 1800s so it is totally amazing what they're doing and i don't know if there was anything more amazing than the comeback from yesterday of course it was also kentucky derby weekend uh good to see tom brady there as always he was with julian edelman jimmy garoppolo the crew shall we say and uh they've been going for years and, you know, in the past, there has been Gronk, there's been Danny Amendola. Uh, not sure if they were there. I saw a photo, but I didn't see either of them. But they may or may not have been there, but they have certainly been there in years past. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's a Brady thing. Brady gathers the crew, and uh, it was just great to see him there. So it was a great race. That horse come in, Maje, I think it's pronounced, M-A-G-E. And I... Noticed him coming up on the outside uh, as they went into the final turn. And so really kind of had my eye on him. And uh, and he brought it home, one by a little, not by a lot. I was there in 2019. It's an unforgettable experience. Uh, it's a bucket list item that I recommend to everybody. And this year's Derby did not disappoint. And it typically doesn't. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert. A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. 
Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show where's america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Doing well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And I spent the first segment talking some NBA playoffs and some Tampa Ray ba- Rays baseball, but didn't get to any football yet. It's uh, always the sport that's in our wheelhouse, and you follow college football year-round, and sounds like we got some uh, interesting news coming out of your uh, your Crimson Tide down in Alabama. Yeah, John. I never thought I'd... Here the day where the Notre Dame quarterback transfers to Alabama. So Correct. Tyler Buckner, you know, he was a starter uh, last season for the first three games. He was injured, came back for the bowl game against South Carolina in the Gator Bowl with the MVP. He's out of the San Diego, California, La Jolla area. And uh-huh. the OC for Notre Dame, Tommy Reese, um, became the new OC at Alabama offensive coordinator. So he convinced Tyler Buckner to transfer to Alabama. Alabama, excuse me, and Nick Saban, he has four quarterbacks on scholarship. He made the comment he'd like to see more competition in the room, which means leads me to believe he was not satisfied with the two players in strong contention to become the starter, uh, Jalen Milrow out of uh, around the Houston area, and then Ty Simpson out of uh, Tennessee, uh, both like four or five-star quarterbacks. Uh, Ty was in his second year, Jalen in his third. So that means to me it was a nice way of saying we need a better quarterback. So I'm thinking that the Notre Dame quarterback does not transfer to Alabama with his former offensive coordinator with the intentions of sitting on the bench. Correct. I would agree with that. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's interesting with uh, the, uh, you know, the, the lineage now of 
offensive coordinators. Now it's Tommy Reese, as you said, formerly of Notre Dame. He was their quarterback, if I remember correctly, and then was their offensive yeah. coordinator. And uh, now he's at Alabama. And boy, AP, when you start to look back at the list of OCs, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, Bill O'Brien, I'm probably missing one or two. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Brian Table. Brian Table. There you go. Who uh, catapulted the Jets back into the playoffs last year in his first year. Uh, and he was, I think, the OC at the Buffalo Bills, if I'm not mistaken, after Alabama for a year. And yeah, it, it's just so impressive. And, you, you know, I, I mean, to state the obvious, the reason is because. Nick Saban can do this because Nick Saban is 110% secure in his job. And he, so he has no issue whatsoever bringing in the big names. Some coaches would, I would think. Yeah, John, uh, Nick Saban's in full command of the program at Alabama and yep. college football. I guess he's the loudest voice. No doubt. So his decisions reverberate, and he made that statement about more competition in the quarterback room but like i said if i've if i've been there three years it's my third year and i'm going into my second and i'm four or five star recruit and they're bringing in a quarterback from notre dame who by the way sam hartman had transferred from wake forest so tyler right. Buckner was not going to be the starter at notre dame and he's looking for a spot he, he went to a program that's definitely in contention every year but if i was those other two quarterbacks i'd be looking around uh they can't transfer to another SEC school, but I think they could transfer uh, maybe in the fall, possibly, have to sit out, I think. They could transfer in the fall and not have to sit out, is what you're thinking? Oh, they, they would have to sit out, I think, to another school, I think. Okay. I think, All right. You know, there's so many dates in this calendar, John, I have to get Correct. them straight in my own mind. But let's put it this way. There's a way that they can leave Alabama and end up in a better situation for themselves if that's their choice. Sure, sure. And it's a lot of people's choices, uh, to say the least. You and I had this one, and as well as uh, name, image, and likeness, AP. We were talking about it from the early days when it was just uh, a couple of ideas kind of floating around that might become reality. And lo and behold, mm -hmm. they have become reality, and they have changed the game of college football. AP, I have to ask you, I mean, I'm sure you saw like Colorado and their new coach primetime, Deion Sanders. They had like over 30 players, you know, transferred like within a day or two after the spring game that of course was on, I believe ESPN. It was certainly televised uh, because of primetime and what he's, what he brings to raise the profile of the Buffaloes program. And, AP, that's a crazy number, and I, I think it's still a bit of a mystery. Like, was it the players wanting out? Was it primetime telling them they should get out? Colorado, I believe, was like one win and 12 losses or something like that last year. So that, that, that has been really – we haven't talked about it, but it happened a couple weeks ago. But that's a fascinating right, yeah, situation. One, yeah, 1-11. One John, I think it was over 50-something players since he's arrived. I mean, it's, wow. it's a huge number, but – Usually. It'll settle down, and then people oh, yeah. are going to get an idea of his actual coaching philosophy and how he treats the players and the word will spread. And for those that like him, they'll run, they'll run there. And for those who uh, don't, they'll run away. That's it. He's, you know, that's what's going to happen. Right. And, I mean, AP, can you imagine if there was no transfer portal, the – you know, the debacle that would typically be out there. Uh, you know, if Prime doesn't want them on the team, we don't know exactly what's going on. It's player to player. But, you know, or maybe they don't want to be there. We don't know. We might never know. But, you know, it's just, uh, can, you, can you, thank goodness for the transfer portal in this case, because it allows all these kids to end up somewhere else. And allows Prime to, you know, build the team that he hopes to build. It's just that simple. So, right. and, and John, if you think about it, the transfer portal, the coaches, some of them are not, not happy with that legislation. But think about it. If you're a coach and you're thinking about moving to another team yourself, 
Right. You can get rocking and rolling in two years. Sure. Absolutely. No, it's, it's fair. Portal, so it can work to your advantage. Yes. Let's make one thing perfectly clear. I'm in favor of both. I, you know, you they've rocked the game but, uh, as nothing else has before, practically, or that I can remember. Uh, but yet, it's a good thing. These players, in my mind, deserve to be able to do that. Um, so, I think again, I think we agree, AP. It's, it's a good thing. Um, but everybody's just getting used to it. Uh, you know, we all hear the term, and I think you and I used it years ago when it was just, again, in the proposal stage that, you know, it's the wild, wild west. There are rules, but there's a lot of, you know, but everybody's sort of learning as they go along on both topics, I believe. Right. You have the uh, creativity of your department, your athletic department, to come up with ways to make sure players receive compensation and everybody's learning and and adding adding to the repertoire of, of different methods. So it is, it's the wild, wild west and the toothpaste is out of the dispenser and we're not going <laughs> back. Go. And this has been an ongoing process for only half a century or more, John. People have been mentioning paying players. And so uh, it's finally here and those who manage and adapt will survive, and those who won't will perish. That's it. Well said, AP. It is just simply, uh, you know, everybody's just learning as they go along, and the ramifications are gigantic. Uh, players transferring or players ultimately choosing, and not just football, by the way. This goes beyond. Um, this is other sports, too, at colleges, and Many players, as we know, and there'll be more, will be basing their decisions on how much money they can make at a particular school through NIL. Just that simple. So right. it's going to be fascinating. Oh, absolutely. No, this is the new world we live in, and it really is uh, fascinating to watch. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a few years to sort it all out. There's no question about that. Um, so we shall see AP, but... Good to talk some college football, and uh, why don't we take our first break now, and we still have a lot more to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. It's Wild Discovery this week on The Revolution as Jim Trav and guests embark on far-flung adventures. First, it's offshore fishing in Alaska and Belize with Lucas Hogue of Hogue Wild. Next, we'll be upland hunting in Arizona, South Dakota, and Maine with Callie Parmley from Wild Upland. Then monster bass in Turkey and Texas with Yamaha's own Scott Newby. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me, email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked previous segment about the uh, transfer from Notre Dame going down to Alabama to play quarterback. And he's not the only one headed for the SEC, is he now? No, John, another Midwestern quarterback from Michigan State, Peyton Thorne. He was uh, very successful two years ago on an 11-2 team with 27 touchdowns. And then last year they kind of struggled, John. They right. went 5-7, and seven, he had 16 touchdowns. So he's transferring to Auburn. Uh, Hugh Freeze, he waited patiently. I believe he got the quarterback that uh, will fit his system the best. And so that's a big upgrade for them. Uh, he, he throws it at about 62% completion. That's his record so far. But Robbie Ashford uh, probably was projected to be the number one quarterback at Auburn. He was at 49%. And he came from Oregon. He hadn't played the position that much in college. Uh, he was a college a high school quarterback out of Hoover, of course. But um, Peyton Thorne's coming down from Michigan State. So you have the quarterback from Notre Dame at Alabama and the quarterback from Michigan State at Auburn. Never thought I'd see that day, John. I can imagine, and I agree 100% AP. And it just speaks to the utter and absolute dominance of the SEC. I mean, it's reflected in, you know, national championships, the last two to Georgia, numerous ones to Alabama in the years prior to that. And uh, AP, it's just the place to be. I mean, every every game feels like an event. Uh, you know, from Nashville and Vanderbilt, the whole way right down to Tuscaloosa and Alabama, Auburn, you name it, Ole Miss. I mean, every team now. And, of course, Georgia, Florida, the Gators. It just goes on and on. Tennessee. <laughs> you know, every program feels like now pretty much a marquee program and uh ap i'm sure there's a lot of players out there looking to get with shall we say some of the lesser teams in the sec because they're in the sec uh and it's just fascinating to watch um and you know what they've done recently is amazing and it looks like it's certainly going to continue yeah, John, uh, it is fascinating to see all these players from different schools trying to transfer to the SEC. And it's reflected in the draft. For the 17th straight year, the SEC was the tops with players selected. It was 62 this year uh, to give an indication. The Big Ten is right with them at 55. Right. And then you drop down to 32, I think, the ACC, I think, 30, the Big 12, 27, the Pac-12, 10 in the American Athletic Conference. So, you can see, John, and I just was using this bottom line stat. Let's say you have 60 every year from the SEC. You look at the Big 12, and the Big 12 is going to be changed with Oklahoma and Texas. If it's 30 in the next five years, that's 300 players that would be drafted by the SEC, um, and then only 150 from the Big 12. That's twice as many over a five-year period. That's a significant number. Right. No, that's a big number. And, you know, you mentioned the Big 10, and yet, just prior to that, AP, you gave the example of uh, the Michigan State quarterback is transferring from 
a Big Ten school, obviously Michigan State, down to Auburn. So right. the Big Ten and, is not immune. Let's not for, yeah, let's not forget, pardon me, let's not forget Wisconsin quarterback transferred to Florida. Right. That's correct. I did. I was aware of that. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so it's just, again, remarkable to uh, – to see what's happened. Uh, I mean, it felt like in the draft, and this is certainly uh, this trend started with Alabama, but the last couple of years, two national championship years for Georgia in fairly dominant fashion, actually, especially their defense. Um, you know, the NFL is drafting these guys because they, it feels to me like they want to bring that championship pedigree in. They, they, you know, they, they want it to spread through the locker room. Um, you know, I think that's an element of it, shall we say. Right, right. Uh, Philadelphia, they have, I think it's maybe five Georgia Bulldogs on the defense. going to start to call them the Philadelphia Bulldogs on that side, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly right. The, no, no less than the Eagles, who had pretty much the best record in the NFL throughout most of the year, got to the Super Bowl, didn't win it, of course, lost to the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah. It's great. I mean, nobody knows better than you, AP. You know what a, uh, you know what an event an SEC game is. You've covered and attended countless throughout your life. Uh, but I have to assume I'm going to ask you. You know, it's never been better, right? I think this is the best of all time. Uh, even though you have Georgia with back-to-back national championships. I think that a program like Tennessee can challenge them this year. Um, you know, South Carolina will get better. I think because Spencer Rattler, this is his second year in the system. Mm-hmm. Maybe defensively right. they, they improved. And it's all relative, John. I mean, every year is different. So, I mean, if, if your defense can get a little bit better, you have better point production, maybe you jump up a spot in the standings. But Georgia is a team to beat in the entire conference. And on the other side, we saw LSU, first-year coach Brian Kelly, win the SEC Western Division, yep. which was always viewed as the toughest division in college football. Sure. And you had Texas A&M take a slide, and uh, Arkansas couldn't you know, couldn't guard anybody, couldn't stop anybody. And, and Alabama lost a couple games last year. Auburn was down at a change of coach. Uh, Ole Miss started out 7-0 and and just – Took a nosedive at the end of the season with you know five losses I guess it was, and uh, Mississippi State is going to have a new coach you know, um, you know because of the passing of Mike Leach, and uh, Vanderbilt gets better every year you know so um, in Missouri I, I think they'll improve some this year as well and of course Florida they're trying to find their way with their new coach Billy Napier you know looking for their quarterback and to get better offense, defense. So, And then Kentucky has Devin Leary coming in from North Carolina State, excellent quarterback. Offensive line, they got some transfers coming in. I think recently somebody came in from Ohio State. We know that they usually produce good linemen. So oh, yeah. Mark Stoops, if he can get his offensive line going, he'll, he'll and he's got that quarterback now uh, replacing Will Levis. So it's always uh, every Saturday you're challenged. No doubt about it, AP. And back to the original first team you mentioned there, South Carolina. And Spencer Rattler, uh, they ended the season just looking near unbeatable. I mean, I watched their last couple games, the bowl game, and then their massive victory uh, at the end of the season up in Columbia. And they, if they can carry that over, they could really be a force in the SEC East. Yeah. Yeah, ended up beating a, a good Tennessee team who only had one loss at the time, and they beat Correct. Clemson. And, you know, they lost in the Gator Bowl to Notre Dame, and Tyler Buckner, their quarterback who's transferring to Alabama, was the MVP. But, but yeah, uh, Columbia, you know, Shane Beamer, I think. Right, uh, Frank Beamer's like son. To be on his team. Yep. Yeah, Frank Beamer's son. Frank Beamer, the legend yes. from Virginia Tech, of course. And, yeah, he. it just feels like a – a team to watch out for in a, in a big way this year. And uh, AP, what can you say? I can't wait. It's only May. It's at that early May. And already uh, just having this conversation uh, has me excited for the coming year. I assume the polls, just as we close out this segment, are you know laden with SEC teams 
preseason poll favorites, right? Yes. Yeah. They probably have, I'd say, maybe five to a half a dozen probably going to end up being ranked, I would think, to start the nope. season. It's, it's, it's automatic AP. It just, you know. You basically you pick the SEC teams that you know you start with picking national championship and top you know you know one through ten of top ten and you, you know it's you build it around the SEC teams it's just that simple who are typically going to be number one um, right if not two or three in the top five so it is fascinating to say the least uh, what they've built there is amazing. Um, but AP, we're at the end of our second segment together. Why don't we take our final break and still a lot more to get to on the other side. A little birdie told me voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at voice America TRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Lakers-Warriors game at on TNT at 10 p.m. Eastern time. It's a late one. And uh, the Warriors are down. The defending champion Warriors are down 2-1. to one. Uh, Critical game four. They're all critical. And Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Need I say more? So appointment viewing as we move into the latter stages of round two of the NBA playoffs. And AP, of course, we've been talking our favorite subject, college football. And there was actually big news this week where... It was a real reality check where the college football playoff announced the 2024 and 2025 game dates. And, of course, the playoff is expanding to the 12-team playoff format. So, AP, what caught my eye immediately was, you know, right there in front of me, I get the news release that they sent to me. 2024 season, first round, in parentheses, on campus. Friday, December 20th, 2024, 
One game in the evening, Saturday, December 21st, 2024. Three games, early afternoon, late afternoon, and evening. And AP, it was just a, you know, a, a reality check that like, wow, this is real. It's not that far off. And there's going to be playoff games on campus. And how cool is that going to be? Yeah, John, imagine the advantage. A hundred, you, you travel to a stadium where there's 100,000 people. Right, most exactly. Of them, most of them, they're cheering for, the, for not for you. <laughs> exactly right. Home field advantage will come into play. You and I, of course, were, uh, you know, together covering a couple of the earliest college football playoff games. Uh, you know, back when it was like Clemson, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. Those types of games, and uh, you yeah. know, there were you know, you and I witnessed firsthand that there was it was like a Super Bowl, no genuine home field advantage. But that's all going to change in the early rounds, and you know, I'm loving it. AP uh, as a Penn State guy uh, uh, who grew up near Be- near Beaver Stadium and State College, I-, I envision and hope that Penn State, who's never made the Final Four, by the way, in the in the current playoff format. Uh, will make the 12 team and we'll host a game at Beaver stadium. I can only imagine what that would be like. Yeah. And John, the weather will be, let me see. Those dates are, um, I'm just looking at the schedule myself yeah. leading up to Christmas Friday, Friday, December the 20th, that cold weather, you get somebody coming from the West or the South or yep. warm weather. That's quite an advantage besides having everybody rooting against you. Exactly, exactly. And just to stick with this AP, you know, the particular example I just gave, first round on campus right before Christmas, then New Year's Eve, New Year's Day are the quarterfinals. It's great to just read these words, you know, Uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, national championships. So there's now, it's got an NFL playoff feel to it. Um, But yeah, so, and then, you know, we're going to move into, you know, semifinals January 9th January 10th national championship later than normal now no surprise January 20th 2025 for the 2024 season so AP this has me excited it really does like it's it's real now after getting that news release it really uh, caught my attention to put it mildly right and if you're a team from the warm weather you might have to survive one game and then it's the normal bowls which are usually in uh temperatures that are not severe correct I mean, exactly you could get a cold day in dallas you could i mean it could be cold in dallas no doubt about it but yes the intense uh december weather that you might find in any anywhere north of the mason dixon line <laughs> from you know right. pennsylvania to michigan to colorado to seattle will be a factor i would think in, uh, you know, in that first round of games, which will be, again, on campus. Can't stress that enough. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it, I'm loving it, AP. You know, more. I, everybody has thoughts on this going from 4 to 12. Many thought go from 4 to 8. I was kind of in the 4 to 8 mode. But looking at this, I said, yeah, I think 12 games will work. More, more games are more better, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. And, and John, they have the the first four teams have a bye. And those are, as I understand it, they have the six conference champions and the four top conference champions. So I don't know if I'm confused a little bit. In other words, let's say you have a team that's ranked number one, but they're not a conference champion. Does that include Notre Dame as well? I mean, how does that uh, intertwine with, with all the, the definition of who's the top four ranked team? Correct. The famed independence, uh, as it were. And so, yeah, that's going to be fascinating to watch. And it's also, you have to throw in, you referenced it earlier, AP, where, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. A lot of movement. Uh, you know, it, it's gone in start, stops and starts since teams started transferring conferences and, we're, we seem right. to be in a bit of another wave of it 
coming now, you know, manifesting itself and coming to reality, like teams that right. had to stick with their conference and, for a year or two before leaving. Right. And John, how about the fact that, let's say, for instance, you're LSU, you want to play the game in the, in the Superdome. Right. That could happen, but I'm not sure. Do they decide that months in advance? They, they already select the destination months in advance in the in the event that they are um, chosen to be in the playoffs? Exactly, yeah. There, there, there's, well, you know, just a lot a short, of little I mean, details. How do you get that thing together? Yeah, how do you get that together in a short time? That's correct, AP. There's a lot of details yet to work out. And uh, so that will be another layer of fascination with this whole thing. You know, they'll figure it out, um, of course. And, uh, you know, as, as we like to say, more to come on that. But, geez, AP, like now I'm excited because, you know, there's making the Final Four is a tall order. It just is. And a lot of really, really good teams get left out, uh, which is a shame. And, uh, you know, and it'll still happen. There'll be teams 13, 14, 15, et cetera, that will be very good teams and disappointed as well. But. I'll take 12 over four, and uh, I think it's going to be just spectacular. I mean, it'll be a four-week run, uh, or four-game run, shall we say, to, to very similar to the NFL, right. just like I said. So that, that'll that be awesome. You know, teams get hot in the playoffs. Right. You know, we're, we're down under two minutes here. But, for example, South Carolina, you know, and I know they lost their bowl game to Notre Dame, but, you, you know, they were hot at the end. Right. And we oh, see yeah. it every year in the NFL. In- yeah, and and John, if you get a team like the, like the SEC, if they win the title, win the league championship, and win the the SEC title, that's thirteen games. They get a bye. They got to win three, so that'll be sixteen games total for the year. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, obviously, there's going to be more games, you know, which was always a and, bit of a sticking point back in the day. Right, but no and, longer. Yeah, and potentially, yeah, potentially seventeen for a conference champion. That yeah. is not one of the top four and receives the bye. So potentially 17 games. I remember playing 10 games. Now we're, we're going to be up to 17, possibly. It, it, it's amazing. 10, day, 10 games was the tradition. But on that, speaking of tradition, uh, and uh, the tradition is we have to, unfortunately, close our show by 1 p.m. Eastern. But I want to thank you so much for calling, and great to talk about these uh, college football and the topics we love and the 2024 expansion to 12 teams in the playoffs. So thanks again for calling in, AP. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me on the show. You're welcome. Our pleasure. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.